It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Take your Bibles, please. Turn to the book of Romans, Romans in chapter number 6. We're continuing our thought this week, dealing with some questions that arise when we're dealing with the differences between law and grace. We're not under law anymore, as we've been seeing here in chapter Rome, or in Romans chapter 4 and 5. So we're not under law anymore. Now we're under grace. We're justified by grace alone. So then it leads to some questions. Paul says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 20, He said, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So the question that arose from that, and Paul foresees the question, asks the question as a rhetorical question, and begins to answer it. He says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, I'm just going to stop reading there for a moment. Really, from verses 1 all the way through verse number 10, we're dealing with some, if you'll allow me to say it this way, some positional truth. This is how we appear before God the Father in heaven. This is our position before God. This is not necessarily where we are in practice or physically. This is spiritually before God. This is how God views us. So we've got to keep that context in mind or we're going to really begin to get very confused um, on a couple different subjects, specifically this idea of sinless perfection. When God is dealing here with that, you know, he that is dead is freed from sin and all, we know physically we've been freed from the power of sin. But we've not been freed from the presence of sin yet, and we still have the capability to sin. That's not been taken away and won't be until we make it to heaven. So we still, as Christians, have the capability to sin, and as humans we are going to fail. But yet God gives us the power to live a victorious life, and we don't have to live in bondage to sin any longer. But what we're dealing with in verses 1 through verse 10, and we've already dealt some with this, is more the spiritual aspect of it. Then we hit verse 11 and we start to get to the practical side of it. So we said first and foremost that there are some things grace does in our heart. And this is speaking first of all to, to our position. But grace does some things in our heart that makes it absolutely ridiculous, if I can use that word, why would we want to sin when grace has done all this in our heart? And so this is what we've said so far. Grace, first of all, makes us a new person in God. Before salvation, I know I've said this, but I'm going to say it again. Before salvation, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. After salvation, we are dead to sin. Before salvation, it could be said that we were dead to God. There was no spiritual capability in our lives. After salvation, we are alive in God. So we said, grace makes us into a new person. Well, this new person 
has a new purpose. Grace gives us a new purpose in life. What is that purpose? It's to walk in newness of life. It tells us we shouldn't be serving sin and we should be living unto God. My purpose is to live unto God. You see, grace, when it came, and we'll see this more in the rest of the chapter, when it came, freed me from the bondage of sin so that I could be free to live righteously and holily before God. So, moving on from where we've been, grace puts us, and this is kind of along the same lines, but grace gives us a new position. Physically, I guess you could probably say it this way. Most of us, I'd say, are, are no counts. We, we, we're not anything special. It's not like we have any famousness to us or, or anything that sets us apart from others. We're, you know, we're just, most of us, I'd say, are just common old people working jobs to, to make a living, just trying to serve God however we can. Why would God ever take time out? for us. I like what David says in the Psalms. I believe maybe it's Psalms number 8 or, or something like that. He says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? And I mean, when we really begin to look at what we are and the sinners that we were, how, why is it God would even want to come down to us? I don't understand that. I love, Paul says it here in chapter 5 of Romans. He says, For we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us when we didn't matter. We weren't worth anything to him. I mean, he says, according to scripture we were, but in my own opinion, I wasn't worth anything to him. We were just sinners. We were against God. We were haters of God. We were at enmity with God. We didn't want the holiness of God. Rather, we wanted to live in sin. We enjoyed our sin, and we wanted to stay that way. Yet God in His love came and died in our place so that we could have a new position. And grace gives us this new position. What is that position? Before we got saved, we were just in this world. We, we could have been called children of, of the devil, or, or however you want to put it. I mean, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. And the sinner, any sinner, really, that's where he falls under. But after salvation, we're adopted into the family of God. We're given a new position. Now we are considered in Christ. Man, that gets so deep. We could trace so many places in scriptures just on that one statement alone. But one thing I'll tell you, we are secure in Christ. The Bible talks about that we are, um, how's it put it, I believe, and I'm going to probably misquote it here, but it talks about us being um, in Christ, and Christ is in the Father's hand, and basically there, there's no way, we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, there's no way absolutely that we could lose our salvation, there's no way Satan could get to us when we're in the palm of God's hand, so to speak. We're hid, that's, that's how it says it, we are hid with Christ in God is how it says it. We've been given a new position. We've been declared righteous. We are looked on as if we have never sinned. We've been made into a new person. We have a new purpose to serve God. We've got a new position that spiritually we are in. 
that, that spiritual position shows us as righteous before God. It shows us as perfect before God. Now, I don't quite match my position yet, but one day I will be there. When I die, I will be in heaven, and I will finally, once and for all, be perfect. I sometimes joke with my wife and tell her that I'm perfect now, you know, just kidding, of course, and anybody that's around me knows I'm not, but here on earth, that can't ever happen. But because of my position, spiritually, before God, I'm perfect. I'm sinless. Now, this is, again, remember, this is our position. This is not necessarily what we are in practice. So we've been given a new position. That new position brings us new identification. Before salvation, I was identified with sin. And you know how it works. Many sinners are identified with the sin that they are in. You know, if a guy has problems with alcohol, what do we call him? An alcoholic, a drunkard. If a person um, goes out and has adulterous affairs, what, what do we say? We call him an adulterer. People are identified many times by the sin that they are in. And there's so many more, I mean, so many terms the Bible could give, and we don't really need to go into it. I think that I've made my point. But before salvation, I was identified with my sin. I was identified with the world. I was identified with the flesh. I was wicked at my very core. My heart was desperately wicked, still is desperately wicked. Above all things, it's deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it, the Bible says. But now that I've been saved, I'm no longer identified with that old man. That old man's been put to death, so to speak. And now I'm identified in Christ. And as we begin reading through here in verses 3 through verse number 6, really, actually I should say verse through verse number 10, we find that we are identified with Christ. We're identified with His death, burial, and resurrection. Because Christ died in my place, it's as if I went to the cross myself and died. Now that sounds awful weird, maybe. But... Understand this, Christ took my sin upon himself. Christ stood in my place. Legally before God, Christ paid the penalty for my sin. So it's just as if I died on that cross. Now I'm identified with Christ. And then in a picture form, we begin to draw some truth from this that'll help us practically to live how we should. I'm identified with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's just as if I went to that cross, died because of my sin, was buried because of my sin, and then I, being that I'm identified in Christ, rose again a new person. And that new person is free from sin. That spiritual nature inside of me has no capability to sin. My flesh does. But the spiritual nature does not. And you see, when we really begin to understand sin in those terms, and what grace has done to, for us in those terms, we realize if sin's fruit is death, and I was identified with death before, but now Christ has saved me and identified me with himself, now he's, I'm identified with the resurrection, the power of God, the power that allows us to live, uh, or the power, I should say, that broke the power of sin. We are raised again with Him to walk in newness of life. I don't have to serve sin any longer. Maybe there's somebody listening today and you've struggled with sin. 
you need to understand a few things about what grace has done. God does not intend for us to live in spiritual defeat. God does not intend for us to live lifestyles of sin. There is provision made for when we do sin, we apologize to Him, we, we ask Him, or we confess our sins to Him, and the Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we keep our fellowship right with God that way. But God does not intend for us to live a lifestyle of sin. And there's one of two things that happen when a person that claims to be a believer is living a lifestyle of sin. Number one, either they've made a choice to not obey God and they've brought themselves back in bondage to sin. But more often than not, I would say, they never truly got saved. Because when a believer begins to live in sin, one of two things have to happen. God convicts them and they either get right or they have to be live under the conviction and chastening hand of God until they do. And if they continue to resist God, the Bible talks about, and we don't know exactly what it is, but there comes a point a believer keeps on wanting to live in sin. God says he'll pretty much he'll take them to heaven. He'll take them out early. There is a sin unto death, the Bible says, and it's speaking of believers in that place. So we have a new position. And God intends for us to live up to our position as close as possible for us in this world. You shouldn't have to live in bondage to sin. You have a new position in Christ. You have a new purpose in Christ. And that is to walk in newness of life. That is to serve God. That is to live out righteousness in our life that we now have the power to live out. That before we never did. You see, grace freed us from sin so that we could serve God in righteousness. The problem before grace is we were in bondage to sin. We couldn't live righteously. Thank God for that new position. Thank God for us being able to be in Christ. Thank God for the adoption where we are considered the sons of God. And now God sees us through Christ. Spiritually speaking, He sees us just like Christ. We're identified with Christ. We are given a new position. And we ought to thank God for that. And we ought to do our best to live up to the new name that we have. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.